You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, views, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello and welcome to this week's Essential Apple. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Nick. Hello, Nick. Hello, Simon. You're all right. Yes, not too bad. And I'm joined also by David Ginsberg of In Touch with iOS, The Mac Show, and Mac Voices. Hello, David. Hello, Simon. Glad to be back here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Always good to have you on. So, um, I've got a couple of uh, weeks' worth of stories here. Um, I suppose we should probably start off with the uh, the obvious one that we missed while we, uh, you know, last week when I had Aiden, Aiden on. Um, Apple brought in a record-breaking 123.9 billion US dollars in revenue, despite headwinds. Um, yes, they made all the money again. It's uh. Almost becoming boring now, isn't it? Record breaking quarter after record breaking quarter. I don't know what else to say, really. Um, I did read somewhere they must be doing something right, mustn't they? They must be doing something <laughs> right. That's definitely true. Definitely true. I did read somewhere that it wasn't only Apple's, uh, you know, record breaking, but uh, the the biggest quarter ever by anybody. I'm not sure if that's true, but I'm sure I read that somewhere. Unless I misunderstood what they were trying to say, but. Uh, there you go. Hundred and twenty-three point I mean, nine billion. Thirty thirty-four billion in profit. I mean that that's just <clears throat> insane. Insane. Yeah. And just looking at all the numbers across uh, all the uh, all the other items. Uh, iPhone was way up. I- iPad was up year for year. Mac is just just going like gangbusters. Uh, it was just uh, just phenomenal. Uh, iPad had a bit of a dip if you look at some of the numbers, but. Uh, but I think uh, iPad in itself was uh, holding its own. It it, it really was. So uh, and services that's the other other area that they're just oh, doing like just, gangbusters. I think something like sixteen. Just, yeah, it's just sixteen percent of their is their, of their of their revenue is through services now, which is like that's the that's the second largest of of, of other than iPhone in their category for revenue. So it's just crazy. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Just crazy, it? crazy numbers. It's, it's great. It's great. All good. It's all good. Crazy. Can you imagine? Um... Couldn't you imagine uh, Dragon's Den? Or, or what's the American version of Dragon's Den? Shark Tank, American I think. Version, isn't there? Shark Tank? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Shark Tank, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can, can, can you imagine someone going into that and saying, yeah, we're aiming for gross margins of 43.8%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine them saying, well, I'm not supporting them. Not if they <laughs> I want that much profit. <laughs> I, I, I forgot this one. The one, the one guy's on the, uh, Dragon's Den. Is, he always is on Shark Tank too from the UK. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Peter, I think it was or the, oh, but yes, he, Peter. What's his name? Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't watch the program. In all honesty, but yeah, yeah. Just, He's on just from the time idea time. that yeah. yeah, just the idea that you could go in and say, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> aiming for almost fifty percent yeah profit, gross margins. Oh, <laughs> phenomenal, just phenomenal numbers from Apple. I just. It's good to be a fan. Good to be an owner of products and enjoying their products, and they're doing good. They're going doing good things. They are. They are. And um, yeah, the only thing that was slightly down was the iPads, but 
we know because Apple said so, didn't they? That they were actually trimming back on iPad production in order to keep other right. products rolling. So um, not really a surprise that that was down slightly. And the stock market was down for a few weeks before this announcement, but then it it, it recovered nicely. So yeah, the stock market's just been kind of like a, as it, as we all know, <laughs> goes up and down, <laughs> up and down. Yeah, yeah, it does indeed. Um, so that was that. Um. I've got a link here to Engadget, and I expect everybody who cares has already um, looked at Six Colors and all the others who have all the and uh, Mac stories who tend to have all the lovely graphs and yep. charts and things. Six Colors, yep. Jason yep. Stall and crew here—they do an awesome job giving you them because you don't get to see these numbers. On the, Six Colors is the best place to go for when they do the results. Yeah, it is. So, so if I've got a plea, if I've got a plea. It's please, Apple. Please, can we have a little bit more storage now that you're making so much money? (laughs) (laughs) For iCloud, right. Just a little bit more wouldn't hurt. (laughs) No, it would not, would it? Give us a cheaper plan. (laughs) Uh, We're saving money by having the the Apple bundle, so the Apple One bundle, so. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) They got me all in. I'm locked in. I just bought a new MacBook Pro, so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. We're uh, We're all hooked, the whole lot of us. We're all, you know. Apple junkies. So, um, new betas came out, uh, 15.4 for, uh, iOS, which now features, um, a face unlock with a mask. So, oh, yeah. I wonder how that works. Um, it works yeah. by concentrating on your eyes, apparently. Right. Um, obviously, that makes sense. Yeah. There's a slight trade off. Obviously, it's not, I, I doubt it's as secure as, uh, a full face, but, um, it's handy. I must admit, I had some trouble setting mine up, uh, to be honest, because if you wear glasses, it says, um, like, scan your face. No need to put a mask on. Just scan your face. And then it says, if you want glasses, put your glasses on. And every time I put my glasses on, it would say, uh, please make sure there's nothing obscuring the area around your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't figure it. I had to do it about about a dozen times before it decided to recognize my spectacles. It was very strange. But it is an early beta, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, I tried it. I have a beta device I use it on, and uh, also, we have talked about it with my, my co-host on the show, Warren. Uh, we, we both use CPAP machines and want to be able to use it while we're you know, laying in bed, and he, we we both tried that, and, and it actually worked, I mean, because it wasn't working before, because uh, obviously you had to have the Apple Watch to unlock it uh, before this, but uh, like you said, it's beta. It's got it's got to do. Uh, I got, we got to get through some testing here, but uh, no, it's great to see because uh, you know it, not not everybody wants an Apple Watch and be able to use their mask is uh, is awesome to be able to unlock like that. Well, one of the one of the big things that came up, and I can't remember. It might have been, it might have been um, on Mac Voices with you and Jeff and Chuck. Mm-hmm. Somebody mentioned that um, there's a lot of people who've been wanting this for. Why, even before the pandemic, because if you're, you know, a, right. a doctor or a dentist or whatever, it can be really annoying <laughs> to have because you couldn't unlock your phone with your face. Um, and right. that was, you know, so and also apparently this will now work with Apple Pay, um, unlike your watch, mm-hmm. which will unlock the phone, but won't work to right. do Apple Pay Change. and the like. So um, you, you now effectively... Yeah, right. You effectively put your face in twice, once for a full face and once for with a mask. Although you don't have to put a mask on to do it, bizarrely. But there you go. Um, and like I say, I had some difficulty getting it to uh, accept my glasses because you have to scan your face without glasses on and then you put your glasses on. But every time I put my glasses on, it would then say, don't have anything obscuring your eyes, which was a bit 
bizarre. But it got there in the end. I don't know quite quite yeah. what that was all about. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like a sounds like a Monty Python sketch, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a, please put your glass. Please put your glasses on. Uh, who are you? <laughs> it's me. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's you. Oh, right. And you put your glasses back on. It says, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, there you and go. I, and, yeah. I, and I guess they don't work with. It doesn't go work with sunglasses either. So no, it doesn't work with sunglasses. not sunglasses. Yep. No, I'm guessing if it if it if it wants to make more of your eyes, the last thing you want right. to do is obscure your eyes. So. Right. We gotta it's remember. Though, think back. It? Think back when uh, when they uh, were uh, we were testing uh, uh, this for the first time with the Apple Watch. Look how long it took for them to finally release it. Everybody was just so like, we gotta want this. And I think I think there were people who jumped on beta, public beta, uh, had a, had a lot of others. Like most, a lot of people don't use to do beta. So let's hope uh, this gets through a good testing process. But it's with the track record, like what happened yeah. with Apple Watch. I would, I would, I would, I would bet that this might uh, take a little bit. Yeah. Well, in the UK, they probably brought it out just in time for everyone to stop wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So. Well, although the, they have, you know, removed the mask mandate here, I have to admit, when I go in the supermarket, I should say still 75% plus of people are wearing a mask in the supermarket, which is... Yeah, I think people are still being very cautious, aren't they? Well, yeah. I think the majority of people yeah. are being, oh, I, I got used to it as well, you know, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, people in Asia have worn face masks in the winter time and whatnot for forever. So I don't think it would be a Are bad we, thing. No, we, we still have a mandate here. So in, in many states in the United States do. Uh, I'm in Illinois, so it, it it is still mandated. So and I feel much safer. I mean, I went did some shopping yesterday. It's like, gosh, you know, other than it's so annoying to have the damn mask on. <laughs> uh, it you know, I feel safe with that because you just you really don't know. No, exactly. I feel better wearing a mask. No, that, that's right. And if and if it if it manages to bring down normal winter diseases, then that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> regular. Old flu, I mean, you know, yeah. we always have. That's right. I mean, if it can if drive down because we've had almost no flu in the UK for the last two years because of COVID. Yeah, um, most places the numbers are way down on the regular. Yeah. <laughs> but presumably that's going to come back at some point. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I guess it'll probably come back when people stop wearing their masks. But um, here we are. Um, and so I, yes, I've got the beta. Um, apparently, skipping ahead here, uh, Apple uh, have put out um, a watch OS update to eight point four point one with bug right. fixes. Um, yeah, battery charging was the was the biggest issue. I I have a Series Seven and. Uh... I was noticing that because I have the old style, you know, uh, base charger that Apple was making when it's the one that spins up. You, I have a bedside. There were times like, oh my gosh, I had this thing sitting on the charger and it didn't charge. <laughs> so they, there were some bugs uh, specifically with the Apple charging. And it's also known with the, with the Apple watch, with the watch series seven, you know, that has a much higher uh, charging uh, adapter because the adapter comes with it as a USB-C using using some of the older ones it charges but it does charge slower right yeah so I, yes I did hear that there were some issues particularly with the 7 on charging um right. Apple have not disclosed what the bug fixes are apparently also interestingly as, as always <laughs> uh, interestingly enough the 8.4.1 update only applies if you have a series 4 or later just that's right bit yes of, trivia if you're like me and you have a series three it's not required so they are yeah uh 
Um, what else? Uh, 15.4 will let EU residents add their COVID-19 vaccine certificates to the wallet app. Oh, ooh, stunning. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, been kind of a big thing here in the United States. Only only, only some states in, are, are doing it right now. Mine, mine not doing it right now. And I think it's just going to be a long time before it happens. Um as far as putting it in the wallet specifically through with, with Apple, but uh, the, these vaccine cards all depends in your region of the world uh, where, 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 where they work. And I've got mine in there and it's got the, it's got the QR code. So it's, it's, it, it works with the state. So, um, so I'm good. That's good. All good. Um, the new uh, Mac OS beta uh, along with 15.4 beta allows you to now use uh, uh, universal control. Um, so that's coming. Um, I haven't tried it. I don't I have an it. iPad. I haven't have. I don't have an iPad to try it with. So you know. Yeah, it's it's really cool, but it 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 was buggy because uh, I had I had the iPad going here on another on my my Mac Mini next to me here and. Uh, um, it, it crashed. <laughs> so I said, oh, that, that's why it's in beta. <laughs> yep. Well, so, we uh, but when it does work, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, uh, cause you have that or you have sidecar sidecar was more just a display. Well, I mean, with having the universal control, yeah, you control it. You have a lot more control of, of what you can do with an iPad and that's pretty slick. I have an 11 inch, so, uh, it's a smaller, smaller display, but you know what? It's, so having it on, on, on the side there is, is pretty awesome. Excellent. Um, uh, yeah, and no doubt, obviously, it's the first beta of that. So, you know, um, yeah. we're on public beta one, usually run. How many do they usually run, Dave? About five or six betas before they release it? Yeah, it varies. I mean, I think I've seen some that go as high as eight and nine. You oh, know, yeah. Depends. Yeah, they uh, have. But I think, but... Yeah, the, the incremental ones, I think, generally by five or six has been about the average, I think. Yeah. And there's usually one a week or so, so you know we won't yeah. be waiting that long for fifteen point four to ship to everybody. I'm sure. So there we are. Um, where are we? Oh, right. Uh, epic, epic, the epic saga of epic. Mm. Apparently, uh, U.S. states, um, Department of Justice, and Microsoft have declared support for Epic Games in their uh, spat with Apple. Um, not quite sure why, really. Um, 35 U.S. states led by Utah and Microsoft have filed amicus curie briefs with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, here we are. Uh, basically, basically what that means, we talked about this on Max on Vec Focuses Live, uh, basically, what that means is this isn't a uh, an actual judgment. This is just uh, uh, it's nice that we should do this type of thing. I guess the easiest way to say it. Uh, so uh, yeah, that they're just trying to get on on bandwagon here, trying to push Apple to not be a quote unquote a monopoly when it comes to uh, the App Store. And yeah, this 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 just continues on. This drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I'm not quite sure why Microsoft would want to pitch in unless it's just to poke Apple in the eye. But um... oh yeah, uh, of course. Well, like like the like the story says, nine more. It says brings a unique and balanced perspective to the legal, economic, and technology issues the case implicates. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, Microsoft. Yeah, we'll believe you. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> so that was that. I haven't got a lot to say about that. Um, I'll be honest. Yeah. Just rumbling I'm on. With you. 
Um, Apple has warned Mac OS Monterey beta testers of a file vault issue. Um, this apparently is if you are testing Monterey 12.3, you can encounter a boot loop if you use it on a Mac OS, uh, a Mac with Mac OS Catalina and file vault enabled. Um, apparently if you effectively yeah. try and install Monterey 12.3, uh, onto a volume uh, with Mac OS Catalina and File Vault, um, you can cause a boot loop. Um, Apple offers instructions for installing the Mac OS onto a separate APFS volume, um, okay. or you should disable File Vault on the volume before installing the beta. Um, yeah, this can take a long time to resolve. You're not kidding me. Last time I unfile vaulted a, <laughs> last time I unfile vaulted yeah. a Mac, it took about eighteen hours to decrypt everything. Yeah, depending on the machine. Yeah, I mean, I've got the M1, M1 Pro here. I would think it's much much different. I mean, you know, depending on you know what processor and, and oh yes. drive and yes, performance really. and um, but yeah, this I, I think this is kind of isolated. I, I as I'm watching some of the social media and some folks that are doing this. Uh, uh, they the thing is they they what they did was they upgraded right with twelve point three beta from Catalina so that's quite a jump um you know that's three versions of an OS that you're that you're doing an upgrade to well so, I don't, you know, I don't gotta... I, as I understood it right as I understood it it's it's if you try um if you try to install it side by side by creating like another disk partition or well, that's that's how I understood it but um yeah either way um. Yes. Yeah. You know. Um. There we go. Somebody's commented in here. It has generally been a bad idea to run multiple releases on the same volume for a number of years now. Uh. Many changes to the APFS containers, SIP, unsupported firmware, etc. I mean, I when I read this, I kind of was like, unless you're a developer and you're trying to develop stuff across, you know, for compatibility right. across different OSs, why would you want to do that? Um. Oh, that's why you have extra hardware. Don't don't do it on production devices. I always say when you're develop when you're well, doing they, beta. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Or you know, if you're a loon like me, you know, I don't bother to install it alongside. I simply jump feet first in and go right. I'm going to install yeah. the new beta, and I don't run another you're, OS alongside it. So, you're brave. <laughs> well, I'm a loon. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there. Are, I'm sure there are those who would say that's what beta testing's for. Quite possibly, yes. It's to it's it's to find out if there are any problems, any issues. And okay, it might be a, it might not be a very common issue because of what you've just been saying, but it's still an issue, and therefore it's good that it's been found and that they'll put it right in due course. And be careful if you're a beta tester, well, yeah, because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> exactly, that is very true. You know, um, there we are. So that was that one. Um, hence, hence my issues that I was talking about just before we started. And with, yes, uh, yes, exactly. An app that I've got on my iPhone. Yeah, it, it, it was. It is in. It is a beta version. And uh, yeah, this morning it just didn't want to know um, how to connect to my, the Wi-Fi in church at all. And therefore, once or twice, our camera got stuck. It just wouldn't move. Wouldn't move. Um, so yeah, beware the beta, folks, or beta, as the Americans say. Oh, whatever. Yeah, 
you know, if you you certainly have to be, you know, I mean, since they've been doing public betas, they seem I've never really had massive problems. But you know, when you go onto no. a beta, you have to understand that things might break. Anything can break suddenly during the beta testing, um, because that's what they're for. Um, in fact, I've noticed on my that's phone. Right. On my phone at the moment, um, and I must—I suppose I should file a report—is that when I read all the mail on my phone, um, it will quite often continue to show a badge saying I have one unread mail, even if you go in and do, you know, press the show me only unread mail. Sometimes I have to do that three or four times and refresh it before the badge goes away. It's only because I get yeah. antsy about having read badges on my <laughs> on my mail. Do. <laughs> yeah, but um. You know, it's a minor, it's a minor bug, but seems to occasionally decide that there are unread messages when there are not. There we go. Um, air tags with deactivated speakers sold on eBay and Etsy. Seller claims they are not for stalking. Um, the silent air tag with speaker disabled. Um, apparently he's selling them for about three times the price of an air tag. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, we th- we had quite a, quite a discussion about this. Uh... The, think about this, you know, all they're really doing is disabling the speaker. It's not disabling the fact that the AirTag is still accessible through Find My. Or, or if you happen to have an Android you, you, and you're checking for the devices, it, it's still going to work. The only thing really this is going to stop is from the speaker not, you know, chirping out. And honestly, well, I want to have a device like that. No, because I want to be able to find it. Because <laughs> yeah. instead of using just the, the proximity, yeah, yeah, you can use the proximity sensor and move around and say, oh, you're close, you're hot, you're close, you're close. But that's not as accurate as actually being able to hear the air tag chirping away. I mean, granted, the speaker is not super loud as it is anyway, but I don't, I don't understand this. I never really, I wasn't through the whole time we were, we've talked about this is the fact that why would you want to deactivate a speaker and plus pay three times the price for it? Uh, just perplexes me. I just don't understand this. True. Uh, both sellers claim the modifications have been made for innocent reasons. For example, allowing someone to ha- hide an air tag on their bicycle so they can track it if stolen. Um, right. Apparently, um, the Etsy seller removed the listing when the stalking risk was raised. Um, yeah. He said because uh, it's got a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I find I find it difficult to believe that somebody would think that disabling the speaker is not you know, going to lead to people thinking they can do even more creepy things with it. Although, um, I'd, I'd, I think it was Jeff, wasn't it, on, on Mac Voices, who said, you know, just because it's Apple, if it, if you want to get a, you know, if you want to get a silent tag, go buy a tile, you know. You want yeah, to track tile people. does not have anywhere near the security that AirTag does. Um, exactly. But, yeah, you could put a, a tile on any any person, and no idea they'll ever know that's there. No, because it doesn't, as far as Which I'm aware, I'm surprised that doesn't chirp yeah, and it won't uh, Jeff, tell you. Jeff and so. I've had, yeah, Jeff and I've had discussions about this, and yeah, it's uh, it's perplexing. The tiles have been wrong, what eight, nine years? They've been they've been selling their devices very popular until AirTag came around. Um, and yeah, that is that is a bit of a security concern. That's for yeah. sure. But no one seems to make too much of a big deal about it. No, exactly. But the minute you know Apple bring one out with you know a whole load exactly. of security features, and yet somehow theirs <laughs> is worse. I don't get that at all. I really don't. There we are. Um, Apple has explained that the Pro Display XDR and MacBook Pro will automatically dim when hot. Apparently, um, apparently there is a, a warning icon with limited brightness message in the Mac's menu bar. Apple notes that if the ambient temperature of a room is high and the user has been viewing 
bright content for an extended period of time, the Liquid Retina XDR display on the MacBook Pro or the Apple Pro display XDR will turn on to low power mode and dim the display due to overheating concerns. Hmm, here we go. Oh, we've got to soothe them. Got to soothe them if they're, <laughs> yes. if they're, if they're making my screen duller for to protect it. I want to soothe them. Why yes. shouldn't I soothe them? <laughs> Class action suit. Class action suit. Oh, dear. There we go. It's a little bit like uh, it's a little bit like people who uh, who get electric cars for the first time and saying, uh, "My regenerative braking isn't working properly." Yeah, that's because your battery's full. <laughs> <laughs> and when your battery's full, you can't put more power into it. Yeah, you can't generate any more. <laughs> no, indeed. Oh, well, let's face it. This is also a five thousand dollar monitor, so. Yes. It should be yes. working right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't see a problem with that, really. Surely it's, it's sensible, you know. This screen is getting too hot. We will reduce the amount of power it's drawing. Makes yeah. uh, makes perfect sense to me. Um, going on to uh, talking about lawsuits. And presum- and presumably, yeah, yeah. presumably it's because it, it's when it gets very hot that it does this. Yeah. It doesn't do it just because it warms up a bit. <laughs> No. Yeah, that's no. pretty pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, it says viewing very bright content for an extended period and probably in a hot room. I mean, it's only the same as, um, I don't know if it ever happened to you, but I once I accidentally left my iPhone in the car um, in the summer, in the sun. And, uh, oh, yes, and they shut themselves down, don't they? When when I went to, to realise I'd left it in there, um, oh, I hadn't left it like in direct sunlight on the da- dash or anything. I just left it laying on the passenger seat. But it was in the summer and the car did get very hot. And uh, when I picked the phone up and pressed the button, it was like, you know, overheated. This phone has shut down due to overheating. So, or, you know, not actually shut down, but it was in a protective, you know, ambient temperature too high. So nothing wrong with that, if you want my honest opinion. Rather that than find it cooked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I like, I like the, uh, says Apple suggests that users of the MacBook Pro who see the limited brights message should consider quitting any apps that uh, could be consuming significant system resources, lowering the ambient <laughs> temperature of the room and putting the Mac to sleep for five to ten minutes. You say, I'm sorry, we can't carry on with this podcast. You're all going to have to go away for ten minutes while, <laughs> while my screen calls down. <laughs> or, or alternatively, just put up with the fact that the, it's become less bright or, you know, until it cools down enough. Um, <laughs> yes, either that or I'm going to have to turn it down because I'm too hot. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be quite warm in the room. I would think so. Um, yeah. Well, it's good that Apple are doing stuff to protect our, our computers, isn't it? We wouldn't want them to to stay on and then damage the screen, especially when you spent that much money on it. Well, it's not shutting down or anything, is it? It's just dimming the display slightly. The same as the thing if you run your, you know, if you run your um, laptop on battery, the screen will dim about ten percent if you have that turned yes. on. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have that turned on, but it's just supposed to, you know. All right, right at the bottom here it says the support document says if the issue continues and the ambient temperature in the room is less than seventy-seven Fahrenheit, you should contact Apple support. So yeah, I mean seventy-seven Fahrenheit is pretty warm. It is quite warm. Yes, yeah. reminder for sure. Definitely, uh, there we are. Um, so we as we were joking about class uh, action lawsuits. Uh, judge throws out lawsuit against iPhone's water resistance. Um, 
apparently three people, I believe, uh, tried to bring a class action lawsuit against Apple saying that uh, their uh, water resistance claims were misleading and uh, thus, you know, they'd been duped. But uh, the judge has said that Apple have been perfectly clear about what their water resistance uh, is and uh, therefore that's been kicked out in what we all probably think is a very sensible judgment. Um, Another frivolous lawsuit against Apple. That's all I got to say. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always yeah. thought. Well, why not? Why not give it a go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Make these lawyers make these lawyers lawyers more money. Indeed, and, indeed. And, right, and, yeah. and, and pay us ten dollars yeah. for ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is, Apple never claimed any sort of water resistance until they did, and then they were quite clear that it was, you know, IP was it forty six or whatever rating it is. And those are, you know, internationally agreed standards. It, you can't, it either meets that or it doesn't, you know. If you, if you claimed it had got, yeah, that's you know, right. if you claimed it had got, I don't know, let's say whatever rating number it is and it hadn't, that's a different issue. But, um, and over time, I think I'm writing this, Dave, I know that the, the ratings on iPhones have gone up. Their water resistance rating has climbed. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, I think it yeah. has. Yeah. The 13 current model, yeah, it's pretty pretty phenomenal, the rating. But there will always be someone weren't there, who's saying, I'm here at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, trench yeah. and, and and my phone is letting in water. I, can't, I don't understand it. Don't Having said that, so is my, yeah. so is my wetsuit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, the rating declares what it is. I can't see yet how that ever even became a case, to be honest, but there you are. Um, and in another lawsuit, um, Apple has agreed to pay $95 million to settle um, the issuing of refurbished products uh, in replacement as replacement devices. So, you know, you take in your iPhone because it is broken in some way um, and Apple don't wish to repair it. They would issue you with a refurbished device. And uh, some people started a class well, action. I'm surprised that they've, uh, yeah, I'm surprised they've settled on that, really. I, I mean, I didn't see there's anything wrong with it particularly. No, but there you no. go. I, I don't either, I, you know. I've purchased refurbished products from Apple before. I mean, they have pretty stringent uh guidelines are when they sell a product and then they're going to certify it as refurbished so i mean it's basically certified new i mean there were times i've bought it from the, the refurbished store and the product was like practically new i mean and it but but they're still going to yeah. give you an apple care warranty on it and it's covered i don't see it being a big deal that's it's not a big deal to me well, I, I must admit i, I found it I, fa I found it unusual the first time i came across it um yeah. and that was i think it was my first iphone I bought a 3GS, I think it was, and the Wi-Fi didn't work on it. And I took it back. Admittedly, I took it back to Apple, and I didn't buy it from Apple. I bought it from the supplier. I think it was O2 at the time. Yeah, because I bought it from an matter. O2 shop. Doesn't matter. Uh, and I took like it. I took it back to Apple. Yeah, I took it back to Apple, and Apple just replaced it with another one. And okay, it wasn't a brand new one, but it was like new. And I sold it on, you know, for what I would expect to get for a new device that I was selling right. secondhand. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, mean, uh, I, I didn't see a Apple's with it. refurbished well, products are as good as new. They make them as good as well, new. Think about it. 
Mm. Think about it. it the, the phone that you t- turned into them was technically used. You, you used it. It's not, it's yeah. considered refurbished yeah. because it, it's not new in the box from the factory. So, I mean, you're giving them a more quote unquote refurbished product and they're giving you back a refurbished product. So I just find it. I think yeah. of anything what Apple wanted to do here, they just wanted to just kind of just make this go away. $95 million is, you know, yeah, for that. I think it's <laughs> more a case of, I, I'm with you on that, Dave. I think this is very much of a, oh, for God's sake, shut up. Here, have some money. Yeah, Go away. I mean, ninety-five million is a lot of money. Does but... that mean? Does that mean? In, does that mean in the future they won't be doing that then? So does that mean they'll replace them with new items no. from here on in? No, I don't Tar- think. No, I don't think so. Hard no. to say. I don't think so. No. Yeah, whenever I've gone so. to the Apple Store and they've brought it out, it's in a special box. It's not. It's not a new product. They're not bringing out the new one. I mean, in extreme cases, they may do it. I mean, my gosh. I mean, I. No. I say I have no problems with it. I just wondered I don't because of yeah. this lawsuit whether yeah. they'd change it, but maybe there not. There you go. It says here, it, Apple has opted to settle the lawsuit for $95 million because it has already spanned six years and can only result in additional legal fees. The company has admitted no wrongdoing and vigorously deri- denies that refurbished products are in any way inferior to right. new devices. Um Exactly. So basically, Fair it's enough. like here's some money, shut up and go away. Um, <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know that would probably pan out. You know, people will probably end up getting five dollars or something. The only people who win out of that are the lawyers. If you want my honest opinion, so there you go. Uh, I'm sure Apple yeah. to Apple, it's probably just look, just have this money and go away and stop wasting our time. Um, in the Dutch. Um, dating app uh, case, uh, Apple has said that uh, Dutch dating apps can use uh, alternative payment uh, forms rather than in-app purchases if they wish, but Apple will charge them a 27% commission. Um, Obviously, this is their opening shot. Um, You know, the Dutch government can then say that's not good enough, but um, that is their opening offer. Uh, By the way, of course, most people, uh, you know, in the App Store probably only pay 15% commission by using the, uh, you know, Apple's payment system via the App Store. So um, no doubt that will run and run. You've got much to say about that, Dave? Yeah, no, I I, I did talk about this and... First off, I didn't even realize how big dating apps were in in in, in the Netherlands. I mean, and to, to have no. to have to have, have a specific uh, specific commission on 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 dating apps, I don't recall that being such a big deal here. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but I mean, I see I see what they have to do here. But yeah, I don't even really much else to say about it. Uh, every country's different. Yep, yep. I mean, the, it, you know, it, it, I don't know whether it's just me, but it seems a little bit a little bit baity by Apple in the I, sense that they're basically saying, well, if, if you want to use it this way, fine, but we're going to make sure you pay for it. Yeah, we're going to make you pay through the um, nose. We're or certainly you... not going to make it any cheaper. We're certainly not going to make it any cheaper. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, the Dutch. I'm sure it'll bounce about a bit. It'll bounce about a bit, won't it, until they eventually arrive at something thrash out can live with. Thrash out some sort of agreement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Microsoft upset uh, Mac users of their OneDrive service with a buggy update, which removed the ability to um, keep your files on your device um, by enforcing the files on demand uh, uh, f- feature, which is where uh, 
you know, things in your OneDrive are not actually stored locally and um, are downloaded, you know, on demand, um, which upset a lot of people. Um, later in the week, um, Microsoft uh, issued an update uh, where they responded to complaints and said, um, files on demand experience. Microsoft has now responded to concerns by explaining that the first version of files on demand is built on several pieces of technology that are now deprecated by Apple uh, in 12.3, which is in beta, um, because they are deprecating the kernel extensions originally used by OneDrive sync features. The Mac client will now use Apple's file provider extensions instead. Um, so basically, um, they have yep. now explained because there used to be a button. By the way, in the in uh, in the settings, there was a I think there was a toggle switch for whether you wanted files right. on demand or keep all the uh, items on this device. Um, Microsoft have now said if you open your OneDrive folder in Icon View and right click. Uh, you will get the option to always keep on this device, which will effectively return um, your OneDrive to the, you know, the previous state where um, things are stored on your device and in the OneDrive cloud at the same time. Um, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can I give you a lot. I give you a lot of comments here. I'm uh, I, I use OneDrive daily in my in my day job. I support it. Um, it's been a big thing for a long time getting this files on demand in place. Uh, for years, OneDrive would always be uh, stored locally and then sync. Uh, well, I mean, you've got a lot of machines out there. You know, I'm working both Mac and Windows uh, that machines don't have a lot of storage. Um, and you want to be able to have the option to be able to put it as files on demand. So it takes it off the drive, saves some, saves some storage space. I mean, these days, a lot of laptops are having no much bigger drives, 512 gig and one terabyte. Um, but uh, that's really what the, the reasoning uh, rationale was to have that. Um, so it, it, it is uh, something that that hadn't been really available on a Mac for a long time. And Apple, just, I mean, I'm sorry, Microsoft just added this just recently, uh, which was nice. Uh, so uh, so this is a good thing. Uh, and uh, and they did say they were also having some trouble with uh, the auto save feature, which is is, a, is an awesome thing, too. Uh, that being able to have the ability to do that. Um, uh, another caveat to this, I would I would add too, is uh, you know working in enterprise here, you want to be able to have um, all of your files backed up because on a Mac, before you, what you had to do, and you still have to do it to this to this day, if you store something on let's say your desktop, your documents, or or iCloud or anything else, wherever you use OneDrive, um, it doesn't back it up. Uh, you have to make sure that you're backing it up if you if OneDrive is your only means of of backup, because not everybody has iCloud, so. Uh, what's, that's called mm. file to reader or file redirection. Um, that's another piece that I'm hoping that they're going to add to the consumer side of things because people do put things on everywhere on their on their on their laptop on their Mac, and whether whether it be the documents or whether it be the desktop, your pictures, wherever. Uh, because if, if, if you guys use OneDrive, you know that there's a specific folder that says OneDrive, and then you put your files in there, and that's when then that's when it backs up. So, uh, but it's uh, you know Microsoft uh, obviously had a challenge with the kernel changes in in, in Monterey, and uh, hopefully all, all will work out. I mean, just like anything, yeah, people complain, but usually gets addressed. Yep. Well, it, you know they have. I, th I think the the biggest problem with the initial rollout was that the you know uh, there was previously a toggle for. I want files on demand or right. I want the files on my device and that disappeared. But it seems now they've basically added it to a right click. You go to OneDrive 
in icon view and right click right. and you get the option to keep on this device um yeah again it's something with you know apple does change things in the kernel we know that as each each uh, version of the os comes out and you know that yeah, the developer has to adjust to it and you know, microsoft was well, like they took some time but they took care of it yep so, we tend to forget don't we that not e- not everyone has multi multi gigabyte devices and exactly. uh, I know one of the things during lockdown we came across, because we were using WhatsApp a lot to communicate with one another, uh, some people have got really old Android devices and they very quickly ran out of memory because uh, people sure. were sending pictures and, you know what I mean? And, 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 you know, they might only have eight gig of memory on their device. Uh, and, you know, very quickly people were saying, how do we, how do we delete these? Because, you yeah. know, my phone's saying it hasn't got any space. Um, so, yeah, it, it, sometimes you forget, don't you? And these devices, these methods of uh, keeping stuff in the cloud is very useful, really. And, and the, you know, if you've got a fast enough internet connection, it's like having it on your phone anyway, pretty much, or on your on your device. Yeah, sure is. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's, um, I get the impression that what upset people was the choice was taken away. And... Um, Right. Yeah. Without, right. without, and I, without warning as well. I mean, I, I did notice because obviously I use OneDrive a lot, and um, mm-hmm. I went into my OneDrive and like all the, you know, everything seemed to have a, you know, in the cloud, um, you know, d- download on on demand, and it's like, oi, they were all actually stored on my machine, and now they're not. You know, um, it must be very, must be very frustrating, mustn't it, for developers who uh, who look at statistics. That- and, you know, say they've got a feature in their app and they look at it and there are five people using it out of their three million customers. So they think, I think we'll take that away. No one's using it. Look, there's only these five people. And they've only used it once. And it just <laughs> so happens those five people are really, really vocal. <laughs> exactly. And then you end, you end up with this big hoo-ha over these five people. Because sometimes it's a little oh, bit like well, that, isn't it? I mean, sometimes they'll try and change something, and and you know, there's a handful of people who use it who who make a real hoo ha over the fact that it's gone. Yeah, I don't, I don't envy oh. developers. I must admit. <laughs> well, believe me, um, Microsoft customers are very vocal in the, in in their forums, and uh, whenever you have to uh, complain about something, you go on. Hey, let's suggest a feature. Should you fix this? You know, you're dealing with Outlook. You're dealing with Office. You're dealing with uh, even Windows, for that matter, it's it, they're 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 very they're, they they have a lot of people that are complaining about something that's not doing something it should. This in this case, I agree that you you should have you shouldn't be forced to be a files on demand. You should have an option. You could turn it on uh, yeah. full full time, or you can have it as uh, uh, it just syncs and that's it. Yep. Well, um, now apparently um, it would appear that you can actually individually specify by right clicking on items whether you wish right. that specific. Uh, file or folder or whatever um to and, and again this is in beta so this is the beta version right now the current the current uh, uh production version of monterey isn't isn't affected but by that by that by the time the beta is uh, released into the uh, production then those uh, the ships all ironed up yeah 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 so uh there we are so that was that one um SpaceX uh, have revealed a $500 monthly premium Starlink service with speeds of up to 500 megabits per second. Very nice if you can afford to spend 500 a month on your Starlink connection. I already get that now on my internet. I get one gigabyte. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess, I mean, I assume the point of Starlink is meant to be that um, 
you can get a connection places you know you can be right. in the you know in the middle of the boondocks and get a connection um i i've always assumed yeah, that it's... was the primary point of starlink would be to you know you could be in the middle of the congo and still have, have a connection um yeah and then the, the problem was with using a satellite type internet service you had a lot of latency um looks like the latency has improved in this service i would hope so for that kind of money you're paying a month and you really need to have type uh, that because it's saying 20 to 40 milliseconds of latency and up to 50 to 250 megabit uh, uh with the same latency so they, they've uh they've done better with that but it's still not great um and i've i've experienced being on satellite uh, the internet it's it, yeah it's slow <laughs> slow slow throughput i mean the, the, the latency it really just kills you apparently for a performance boost of roughly double you will pay five times more starlink premium is 500 dollars a month compared to the 99 dollars per month for a standard plan um right your latency wow. you see that goes uh, yeah there we are so fine <laughs> there we are lots of money for elon there we are uh this is one that will cheer, cheer you up though nick um after we were talking the other day about the gdpr fines um the gdpr enforcer rules that iab europe's consent pop-ups are unlawful um there we are. Google, Amazon, and the entire tracking industry lies on relies on IAB Europe's consent system, which has been found to be illegal following complaints coordinated by the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. Um, 28 EU data protection authorities led by the Belgian Data Protection Authority as the leading supervisory authority in the GDPR one-stop mechanism found that the online advertising industry's trade body, IAB Europe, commits multiple violations of GDPR in its processing of personal data in the context of its transparency and consent framework. Um, oh dear, that's going to be a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> Goodness gracious! And they've been told they're going to delete it. <laughs> um, oh, good luck. The TCF fails to ensure that's, personal that's data. Be, can you imagine how hard that's going to be? <laughs> wow. Mm, here we go, though. But yeah, the TCF fails to ensure personal data is kept secure and confidential. The TCF fails to properly request consent and relies on a lawful basis, legitimate interest that is not permissible because of the severe risk posed by online tracking-based real-time bidding advertising. It fails to provide transparency about what happens to your data. It fails to implement measures to ensure that data processing is performed in accordance with GDPR. It fails to respect the requirement for data protection by design. Uh, intentional international transfers of the data do not provide adequate protection. Um, IAB Europe was aware of the risks of non-compliance and was negligent. So there we are. Um, just to see proof All that the data collected must must now be deleted by more than one thousand companies. Mm. Gosh. Well, good. Yes, again, it's got teeth and it and it's biting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and hopefully that will mean that those ghastly consent pop-ups that have a million toggle switches and no, I don't want any of this stuff, thank you, uh, have been ruled illegal and will have to be replaced yes, with... Yes, and they'll go away. Proper. Well, sorry, they'll be replaced, replaced with a yes or no, basically. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I mean, they're horrible things with legitimate interest, um, basically doubling the number of things you've got to try and toggle off. But yes, I'm pleased to see, as as we said, the GDPR has got teeth and is actually starting to um, make sure that the rules are followed. Very good. Um, 
We've got one here, which uh, I can't remember. I think Mac Jim might have sent it in. Fujifilm cameras have a serious Mac OS file issue. A firmware fix will be coming. Um, apparently, uh, if you use Fujifilm digital cameras and Mac OS, there is a firmware incompatibility between specific X and GFX series cameras. Um, this can result in the Mac OS users being unable to directly access files if they were saved to SDXC memory cards in camera. Um, to address the anomaly, Fujifilm will be creating a firmware patch which is expected to be available uh, soon. Um, apparently, the problem is that if you have more than 4,000 images in a folder on the card, um, you cannot see the uh you know the the fo the photos above 4000 in the folder and apparently also right if you pull out the card from your reader without ejecting it from the desktop first uh, first you can lose data i.e. probably the ones above 4000 probably get wiped it doesn't it's not specific but then again you should never pull no. a card out of the reader without ejecting it from the desktop that is why there is an eject button there we are so um it's yet again another one of those items where someone has said, well, no one will ever have more than 4,000 photos in one folder, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except when they do. Except when they do, yes. So, yeah. Good to yeah. see uh, they're reacting to this, and it, it looks like they, they did a good job of uh, informing their their customers. So. Yep. Um, if you go to, if you yep. have a Fujifilm, as well. yes. If you have a Fujifilm camera and uh, you know you use Mac OS, uh, be aware. If you follow the, go to the Petapixel link. There is a list of affected cameras. Um, so and uh, keep your eye out for uh, a fix from Fuji. There we are. Um, what else have we got? Uh, I've got a link here to PC Mag, which uh, has a fairly in-depth uh, Intel Core Nine uh, Core i9 versus Apple's M1 Max. Which C CPU is better? Um, well, if you're interested in that sort of thing, go go and read it. Um, it compares them. Uh, the new i9 slightly outperforms the M1, but it uses twice the power. So take your pick. Really? Um, I only put that one in as it happened to mention the M1, I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I had an i9, and I traded it in, and now I have an M1 Pro, and uh, just got that a couple weeks ago, and uh, I definitely noticed uh, quite a quite a difference in performance. Well, they, yeah, the one uh, they're talking about here, is, is the, the one they're talking about now is the latest, was it 12th gen? Um, yeah. The new, the yeah, new... it's latest, but, you know, yep. but I, I mean, I just, I still see see performance uh, improvements between Intel's uh, processor and the M1, uh, and I think Apple was smart and and, and going down this road and, and going with their own processor, and it's it, it's it's a it's a great it's a great processor. Well, there's um there's one very telling um graph in here or comparison, which was in the video playback test. Um, yeah, yeah. the uh the Core i9 uh in uh, an MSI MSI GE76 Raider laptop lasted 4. Uh, 4 hours and 53 minutes. Um the Apple MacBook Pro with M1 Max uh played the video for 20 hours and 13 minutes. So make of that what you will. 
Um, yep. There we are. Ah, uh, right. How are we doing? Boo, do, do, do. Um, security and privacy. Uh, a booby-trapped sites delivered potent new backdoor Trojan to Mac OS users. Um, this was a watering hole attack, apparently um, targeted at Hong Kong uh, democracy um, advocates. Um, what is they called it? Maco, Maco, I believe they called it. Anyway, um, this apparently was a deep pocket, top-notch talent uh, malware. So almost certainly, um, you know, developed by the Chinese government. The you want to read between the lines of that? Um, Dazzle Spy, they've called it. Um, Macho Maco O. Macho Mac O. Um, seems like a rather unpleasant piece of malware, um, as they say, almost certainly state-sponsored. Um, oh, yeah. Advanced and potentially dangerous, there is no ev- evidence that Dazzle Spy is targeting anyone <laughs> other those than advocating democracy in Hong Kong. Um, your chances of being infected are therefore low uh, for everyone else. Um, um, we've got one here from the Washington Post. Uh, companies know what you do inside your email inbox. Here's how to block them. Um, this is obviously is talking about the tracker pixels, which we uh, all know about. Um, privacy protective email service ProtonMail rolled out, rolled out a feature which blocks companies from tracking in the inbox. Um, there you go. It's by, this is a piece by... Does it say who it's by? It doesn't. But it's on the Washington Post, um, if you're interested in reading that. Um, Basically, they're suggesting that you turn off, you know, display images by default. Um, There you are. We all know about tracking pixels. Thank you. Um, A Mac malware which spread for 14 months uh, installs a backdoor on infected systems. Um, This one... Uh, this one, known as Update Agent, has been spreading for over a year. It grows increasingly malevolent as developers add new bells and whistles. Um, however, the vulnerability it relies on has, I believe, now been closed. Uh, the Update Agent masquerades as legitimate software such as video apps or support agents and is spread through pop-ups, ads or hacked or malicious websites. Microsoft did not explicitly say so, but users apparently must be tricked into installing the agent, and during that process, Gatekeeper works as designed. Um, there we are. Um, be careful out there, basically. Um, yes, yes, indeed. Be careful out there. Um, I believe, I can't find it in the article now, but I believe it says that this has now been patched. So if you're up to date, you don't need to worry about it. Um, still worth knowing that people are out there creating nastiness. Um, and uh, Forbes have a serious iPhone warning for a billion Apple users, which is a clickbaity headline as they can come up with. Uh, which is good to say, Forbes is clickbait lately. <laughs> Forbes, Forbes. But actually, the story here is that um, a company called Quadream uh, had uh, a similar um, hack to the Pegasus software um but unlike the nso group are a somewhat shadowy group who keep themselves to themselves um and they have a product called rain as in uh you know of a king um which does similar things to the pegasus software um can you uh, can you guys hear me 
Yes, mate. Yes. yes. You're right then. All uh, right. I've had to watch my phone. My internet just bombed. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. So I'm up rebooting my router as we speak. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So serious iPhone warning for a billion Apple users is a way over the top headline. Um, apparently, this Rain software was available to the highest bidder. So, you know, you, me and uh, average users are unlikely to be targeted by this because I expect buying it costs millions and millions. There we are. Oh, and that's about it. I'll be honest. Um, the worth of chirp for this week um, on the cult of Mac is the iBook G3 mod makes the coolest iPad case you'll ever see. Um, and this is a guy who has taken, you know, one of the colourful um, clamshell iBook G3s and uh, converted it into a rather nice case for his iPad and uh, keyboard. And uh, very nice piece of work it is. There's a TikTok video of him here doing it, cutting it up and um, inserting a keyboard and a chi um, charger and so on. It was a... Quite a bit of work. Quite a bit of work, yes. Uh, you know, that's not a 10-minute project. But it's very cool if you would yeah. like to put your yeah. iPad into a, into an iBook G3 clamshell um, or cool retro. I love buying old equipment. Making yep. it bigger. Making it better. There you go. So, yeah, there's a video on there um, from TikTok. It is cool. I've watched it. It's very, very cool. He's, uh, you know, he cuts up the... Cuts up the um, the iBook and insert some printed, you know, 3D printed pieces and whatnot. It's all very nice. And there we are. That is all of the stories, David. So um, I guess we'll wrap it up. So uh, do you want to go first, David, where people can find you, etc.? Yeah, Simon, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, you can find me at In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com we do show weekly uh, you can go to our youtube channel it's youtube.com slash dave g65 and uh, we uh, uh live stream on thursday nights uh yeah it's uh, 7 p.m central time so it's probably a little late for many of the uk folks here but uh, we also have uh you can go to the youtube channel and be able to watch any other uh watch the live stream as well as uh uh, uh any old uh, previous shows um I'm on the Mac, the Mac show on the British Tech Network on on uh, Fridays. I'm also on the Mac uh, Mac Voices Live with Chuck Joyner, Jeff Gamut, and many of our, our great friends uh, on Tuesday nights on on that. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave G sixty five. Thanks again. Lovely, uh, Nick. Uh, yeah, you can uh, as usual hardly ever find me on Twitter. <laughs> Spligosh S P L I G. Um, and uh, you can find me in the Slack room occasionally. And if you're interested in the church stuff that I get up to, then you can find that via the link in the show notes. You can indeed. You can indeed. I, uh, as you all probably know by now, can be find, found on Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, all our stuff is on the EssentialApple.com website. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to all the people who support us in all the usual ways, be it financially or otherwise, by retweeting our stuff or, you know, liking our shows and telling other people about our shows and so on. If anybody wants to write a review, please do. We haven't had one in forever. Um, yes, you can join our Slack room. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and you'll jump straight in. No need to get a special invite or anything. And uh, that's it. So until next week, we will all say goodbye. 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 Bye.
You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz. From the MyMac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things, <laughs> but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous tics, trying not to smile, angry yelling when we say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast, as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.